Hello and welcome to the latest Sustainable Finance Guernsey podcast, which is rated one of the top 10 most useful sustainable finance podcasts by Green Finance Guide. Guernsey is one of the jurisdictions leading the way in green and sustainable finance. And as part of this podcast series, we'll be speaking to and learning from some of the leading global figures in that field. My name's Rosie Alsop. I'm Communications Director at Guernsey Finance, which is the promotional agency for Guernsey's finance industry. And I am thrilled today to be speaking to Yulia Magnutina, who is Climate and ESG Associate Director at RBS International. Today, as well as topical trends in sustainable finance, we'll also be discussing some of the key takeaways from Guernsey's Sustainable Finance Week where RBS International kindly sponsored the day on the transition to net zero insurance and funds. Welcome, Yulia. It's great to see you again. Um, I should say, it's lovely to see you. um, And it was great to have you in Guernsey for Sustainable Finance Week. So should we kick off? um, Let's introduce you to our listeners. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your background and your work at RBS International? Yes, of course, Rosie, and thank you for having me today. Um, I work in climate and ESG team at RBS International, and my role spans across multiple areas, uh, including setting the ESG strategy for the bank, managing the delivery of our climate risk um, strategy, and working directly with our customers, mainly the alternative investment funds across our six jurisdictions. Um, Prior to joining RBS International, um, I've worked in several different roles across the NatWest Group and most recently as a regulated private banker at Coots, where I looked after a portfolio of high net worth individuals and also provided lending advice to clients. Um, Aside from sustainability, which I think quite obviously is one of my uh, big passions, I'm also a strong advocate for diversity, equity and inclusion and a life coach. Wow. (laughs) So we were absolutely thrilled to have you uh, in Guernsey and some of your uh, sustainable finance team colleagues at Sustainable Finance Week in September this year, which was in Guernsey. And we were delighted that you came over. Can you tell us um, some of your highlights or or some, some of your key takeaways from the events that took place during that week? Absolutely, Rosie. I'll be delighted. And uh, what a great conference it's been and what a packed agenda we had. Um, So on day one um, of the conference, it focused primarily on the net zero commitments in the insurance and funds sector space, which is very relevant to our clients. And day two explored the topic of nature and biodiversity. Um, The conference overall provided a wide range of networking opportunities, panel discussions, fringe events, and I really enjoyed um, listening to Ben Goldsmith and Dr. Gemma Cranston's keynote speeches. They highlighted the um, importance of taking action when it comes to nature, biodiversity, rewilding, and regeneration. Um, One of my personal highlights as well was hosting a successful roundtable discussion for a selected group of our clients and industry peers, and it focuses on the adoption of science-based targets by the um, alternative investment funds. Um, I was also particularly delighted to see the next generation to be invited to the conversation. I think it made the conference very unique, and um, so often at those sort of industry events, you look around the room, you see those people in their sort of 50s and 60s in silo on their own trying to find the solutions and um, fix the problems that will be um, 
directly impacting um, the generations that come after them. And it was really refreshing to see the representatives of Youth Commission for Guarantee and Aldrini to be included in the conversation to attend this conference. I think it created a really nice um, vibe and it also sort of reemphasized the idea that we do need people from different backgrounds to come together and people from different pers- uh, with different perspectives as well to come to work, uh, together and work together um, to be able to address the climate change emergency. That's a great piece of feedback. Thank you. And, and it's something which we thought very, very carefully about. And, and you're absolutely right. It's very important to have that spectrum of voices and ages and, and you know, that diversity of background uh, at, at such a conference. Yeah, yeah. So I understand it was your first time in Guernsey. Um, Tell me how you found the island and did you have a chance to attend any other sort of events outside the conference? Yes, plenty of them, Rosie. And uh, yes, it was my first time on the island. Definitely not the last one. (laughs) I was absolutely amazed, first of all, by the natural beauty of the island and then um, secondly, by the very warm welcome that we have received from the local community. Um, some of the things that I've um, done um, in those couple of days that I've been on the island was um, getting a guided tour through the Venar Walk and was very fortunate um, to do it. It's basically a trail that takes you to the um, locations where Venar, the famous artist, has created his 15 paintings during his summer holiday in 1883. And these were later recognized as some of his greatest works. So to see it with my own eyes was an absolute privilege for me. And um, I've also attended a couple of other events um, and enjoyed participating in the government um, house reception hosted by His um, Excellency, the Lieutenant uh, Governor um, of Guernsey, and also visiting the Art for Guernsey Gallery. So um, for those of our listeners who may not be um, familiar with the organization, Arts for Guarantee is an amazing um, uh, charitable initiative that I found about when visiting an island, the island. And um, it was founded by David Omas. It uses arts to bring together various communities and provide educational opportunities to local um, schools and also promote cultural diplomacy. It's a very sort of unique um, set of ambitions and, and challenges that the organization is um, um, facing. But um, we've been to the gallery and we've seen the original of the Renoir painting on one wall, which was absolutely and utterly breathtaking, and then next to it, they had um, uh, some local sort of artwork produced by local kids who were inspired by Renoir, which I thought was an amazing way of sort of combining the two things, which are difficult to imagine can be combined and sort of bringing it all together. So it was a yeah, fantastic experience for me. And um, as you may have guessed, I had an amazing time and will definitely be back um, to the island in, uh, yeah, in due course. That's amazing that you enjoyed it so much. And it was such a treat, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And and, and see where he would have sat and painted those paintings and then to actually see one of those paintings in the flesh. Um, yeah, quite an experience. So as a headline sponsor for um, Sustainable Finance Week for the second year running, what sort of key messages um, did RBS International want to share with that audience at Sustainable Finance Week? 
Um, so first of all, Rosie, we were absolutely delighted um, um, that RBS International were again the headline sponsors for the second year Vani and supporting the Sustainable Finance Week and really promoting the agenda of this very important and topical conversation. Um, overall, I'm a, string, a strong believer that if we do want to deliver a systemic change, we do need to think outside of the box and work together with our partners, with our customers, with industry peers. And events such as um, Guarantee Sustainable Finance Week allowed us to do just that. Um, and listening to all the speakers and um, networking with like-minded peers, having the opportunity to be part of this important um, conversation was truly invaluable to us. And I'm sure that many, like myself, and left the conference feeling very inspired and with this newfound energy to go out there and implement the changes within our businesses and communities and do an even better work at um, uh, yeah, accelerating the, the level of change. And um, if any of our listeners would like to explore what becoming a more sustainable organization might look like for them um, or their business, um, I would encourage them to reach out to myself or any of my colleagues in the team and will be more than um, excited to have um, a discussion with you. And we're always keen to share best practice and um, find um, better ways of, of doing things. That sounds fantastic. Now, earlier this year, RBS International released the second science-based targets report. And, uh, you know, you hosted the session at Sustainable Finance Week on that very subject. Um, were there any key takeaways from that? Um, and could you also maybe talk a little bit about how the markets developed over the past year? Um, and, and maybe some of the challenges and opportunities that you face in this particular area? Mm -hmm. Plenty of them rose in, an excellent question. Um, so yes, I did um, chair a roundtable discussion for a group of clients and peers at the conference. It focused on the adoption of science-based targets by alternative investment funds. And we had um, an amazing experience, very active um, participation from um, all the attendees covered a wide range of topics um, during the event. And again, thank you to We Are Guarantee for giving us this platform to have such a productive debate. It was, it was really fantastic. And for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with the report or those who may need a little refresh, um, let me just give you some background and um, highlight some of the key points that we have um, established in, um, uh, when publishing the report. So, Back in March 2022, we surveyed 125 key influencers from the alternative investment funds to find out what they really thought about the science-based targets and um, or ASBTs, as we referred to them, and their progress in adopting them. Since then, the climate um, finance discussion at COP27 has reaffirmed the urgent need for um, investment in renewable energy. In fact, the figures that they have quoted is that up to six trillion a year between now and 2030 is needed if we are to reach the net zero um, carbon emissions by 2050. So um, this is obviously very important, large sums that we're talking about. But the economic context has also changed significantly since then. And um, uh, since our first study that we have conducted sort of the year before as well. Um, so this year, earlier this year, we decided to go back to the um, group of um, um, these selected individuals and the key influencers um, and ask 
for their opinion to investigate what uh, market looks like, what's the um, changing economic um, conditions, how have they um, impacted their ability and their willingness to adopt the SBTs. And the key, um, I will highlight the four key findings um, that we have identified. So the first one is that, and probably will not come as a surprise, that regulatory pressure remains the strongest driver of SBT adoption. The second finding is that the economy is weighing on the minds of the alternative investment funds. So those worrisome economic conditions um, ranked very highly as a barrier for the implementation of the SBTs. And 35% of our respondents cited this as their top three concern, in fact. Number three is that the pace of adoption has slowed. Um, all funds that we surveyed have made some kind of commitments to the SBTs, but the time frame for um, adoption among those who have not yet done so has um, slipped since last year. And this is just one of those sort of consequences, I guess, of the, amongst other things, more um, trying and, and difficult economic conditions. And number four is the fact that um, funds see the long-term value of SBTs. So while there was little consensus on whether the net zero commitments will make a difference to their performance in the short term, 90%, the overwhelming 90% of our respondents confirmed that they see it as an important um, long-term um, long value add. So overall, um, industry strategic commitment um, to net zero is unchanged, but the short-term um, concerns are there, and they did um, work as a sort of yeah destruction um, in a in a shorter term. That said, the funds should maintain their focus on SBTs this year um, to ensure that their longer-term um, ESG investment goals can be achieved. That's some really, really interesting feedback there. Um, now, how would you say that the development and integration of technology into data collection uh, and modeling uh, uh, impacting emissions reporting? Um, that's a really good question, Rosent. I don't think that um, ever these days I have a client discussion when the data considerations, data management, or sort of results, meaningful results of data are not being mentioned. So it's a very topical uh, question. Thank you for asking it. Um, overall, I think it would, um, it's probably quite obvious that um, I see data both as a key challenge in the industry at the moment, but at the same time, also a key opportunity that, that exists. And um, on the one hand, we've seen a definite improvement in the availability of data and the new technologies emerging every day. There are new systems being sort of tried out and um, uh, suggested as, as the solutions. Uh, but on the other hand, there are still some key important challenges remaining, and namely access to accurate data, and then the ability to draw meaningful outcomes and drive the sort of results from the data, analyzing it in an efficient matter, uh, manner. And there is also a question of data integration. How do these new technologies integrate with the old ones? We are all, I think, too familiar with a good old Excel spreadsheet that so many traditional um, sort of businesses um, use still nowadays to, to drive those important changes and drive those um, sort of decisions within their businesses. And the question is, how effectively do those new technologies integrate with the existing ones? And, and do they fit the old ways of doing things? Um, very often we, we see new um, ESG tech providers coming up with an amazing technology and it all looks great. It's super useful. But then 
it cannot actually be integrated either in the entries of banks or the funds uh, manager's um, existing system. And then the series of proofs to be worthless because it cannot be used on, on a day-to-day until further changes are being made. So overall, I would say watch the space. I'm sure that there'll be many more um, exciting platforms and systems becoming available in the near future. And um, I'm sure that they will make the reporting easier and more efficient um, going forward. No doubt, Yulia, that you are 100% correct there. So this year, Carbon Place, uh, of which NatWest Group was a founding member, secured funding and became an independent entity. Tell me your thoughts on this development and the wider carbon market. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so you are correct, Rose. NatWest Group was one of the key and founding partners of the initiative, and it was great to see it's now growing and becoming independent. Um, but I think overall, I think the carbon market space is a very exciting place at the moment. Um, and according to McKinsey, the global demand for voluntary carbon um, credits is likely to increase by a factor of 15 in the next seven years. I mean, if you just think about those figures, I think it gives you, it paints a really good picture and gives you an understanding of how important and how exciting the space is. Um, what we are now witnessing in real time is basically the transformation of how um, carbon credits are being bought, distributed, held, and retired. And to meet that demand, many new platforms are emerging and they will need to um, deliver a reliable, secure, and scalable technology that will ultimately form sort of a crucial part of the infrastructure for carbon markets to drive climate action at scale. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the new platforms will um, tackle and how they um, will be able to achieve their vision of accelerating this um, corporate climate um, action on a, on a bigger scale. Really watch this space, isn't it? So looking to the future with uh, COP28 in December, as well as um, elections in the US and the United Kingdom on the horizon, what sort of positive developments are you hoping to see in the next mm-hmm. 12 months? Yeah, that's a challenging one, Rosie. I think we do. <laughs> we, we do live in a very interesting times, um, to put it mildly, with lots of obviously changes happening in the UK as well as on the world's um, political arena. So um, I guess, to be honest, at, at this point in time, my one wish for the future is that no matter the country or no matter the political views of the leaders in power, I hope that we can keep up the strong progress and maintain the focus on climate and ESG. And um, I suspect that macroeconomic environment will continue to stay challenging in the foreseeable future, but we should all still do our best um, to keep the momentum going and working together towards a greener and more sustainable future. A changing or sort of difficult environment or changing political systems is not an excuse. We do need to do our part and accelerate um, the yeah, level of change and, and, and progress. That's it. Just keep going. That's, yeah. Exactly. The final thought. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Julia, for your time and insights today. It's been absolutely magnificent having you on the podcast. Really, really interesting to hear your thoughts. And we look forward to seeing more from RBS International at COP28 in December. I'd also uh, like to thank you for listening to today's interview. We've got quite a back catalogue of interviews and panel discussions on the Sustainable Finance Guernsey podcast channel. 
You can check them out by searching for Sustainable Finance Guernsey wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us some feedback, a review or a comment. We absolutely love to hear from you. And uh, that's all from us today. Thank you for joining us.